Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. Today, we are going to jump right in with an incredible woman that I was introduced to uh, recently. And I'm telling you, I just, I love this journey of connecting with other like-minded people. I'm having so much fun um, relaunching this podcast and being able to have these types of conversations and meet new incredible people. And my guest today is no exception to that. Um, Aniston is one of the top transformational coaches out there. She's been recognized by Yahoo and Bloomberg. Uh, Yahoo actually named her as one of the top 11 female entrepreneurs to watch uh, for 2021. You have an incredible background in uh, corporate sales and marketing. Um, and then also as an entrepreneur, so we're going to really kind of go down both of those lanes a little bit, because, uh, as most of my audience knows, I do both of uh, the corporate coaching company and then, um, am an entrepreneur as well. So I'm really excited to jump into that. Uh, welcome to the show, Aniston Blair Rapkins. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here, Sarah. And as you said, you know, we, we met recently, but it was one of those conversations. Like, I feel like I've known you for a really long time and, um, it was very easy to find those common threads between us. And so I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I know. So have I, and I just want to, you know, for the listeners out there, networking is so critical to anything that we do. And I think there's so many people out there who are like, man, I don't have a crew. I don't have like-minded people. I'm doing this all alone. And I just want to shout out uh, our mutual friend, Justin Shank, who is the originator of how you and I are here today. God, I love Justin. He's been on my show twice. I've been on his show. Um, so listeners go look him up if you're not already following. But um, so he was like, you have to meet this amazing guy. His name is Rudy and, uh, he is your husband. Mm -hmm. So this is just so everybody knows kind of, um, how important those relationships are because I was on, uh, your podcast and met your husband. Your husband's like, I think you and my wife would be amazing together. So here we are. Um, uh, and that's just a little thread. I, I, I think it's important for people to know, like, you really can grow your network, but have the conversations, you know, and this came about because we had a conversation like, Hey, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can we do? Um, and so we're here to, uh, pour into everybody else. So isn't that crazy how everything's always connected? It is crazy. And there's no accidents. There's never any accidents. And my experience, I'm, I'm sure yours is the same has been my forward movement has been one connection after another. Yeah. And I think you realize that we're all meant to collaborate and do things together. You know, not one of us is great and amazing at everything. And I think that just being in rooms with people that are like-minded and asking that really important question, like you said, yeah. it's such a simple question, but it can lead to the most amazing things and just be willing to give, be willing to like pour into other people and it will come back to you. It always Absolutely. does. Absolutely. And it feels so good too. It feels so good yeah. to give. It feels so good to have that, that mutual, um, you know, respect for each other. And it, it was something honestly that I was really missing in the last two years, not having the podcast. I really didn't even understand how much I kind of backed myself into a solo corner almost. And, 
um, you know, being able to connect with you and your husband and just have those like-minded conversations has been really amazing. So I want to jump into a lot of the incredible work that you do now. Uh, but before we get there on this show, I love to know the backstory. I love to know a little bit about you and your journey um, and how you got to where you're at today. I mean, you've been vice president on the corporate side. Uh, like I said, you have um, an incredible a university where you're coaching and you're teaching coaches and leading high-performance leaders, but everyone starts somewhere and it's usually not there. <laughs> so can you give nope. us a little bit of a backstory on you so we can get to know you a little bit more? Sure. Um, so for me, you know, I think it'd be good to start in my early twenties. I've always been a, a seeker, um, grew up in a really religious household. And when I went to college, I started asking big questions, you know, and just, I was always very curious and some things didn't, you know, I, I was, I wanted to delve deeper and really figure out what I believed and who I was. And I think that was where it was coming from was I didn't really know who I was um, before then. I didn't know what I was good at. And in my opinion, I wasn't good at anything at that point. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. And so I found a lot of comfort in learning and, in and just seeking and, and trying to absorb a lot of information. And so I took that, you know, forward all through my twenties. And then in my early thirties, when I met Rudy, um, you know, we, we are definitely soulmates, him and I, we, we met each other and it was one of those, those stories you hear where it's like love at first sight, but it wasn't even, it was more than that. It was, it was just a knowing at first sight. And we were, engaged three months after that and married three months after that. And it, it really started something for me because he was the first person who could really see me like in a way that I had never been able to see myself. And he would see these strengths in me and see, you know, I know you're so powerful, but I was playing so small in my own life. And it was then that I, I decided, you know what, like, my love and my passion for learning and, and learning all things, spirituality and learning about personal development. Like I really want to, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to coach. I want to give it back. Now at that point, I was very much in corporate America in a job and as was Rudy. And we just, you know, we, we didn't really know how to move from that right. to yeah. doing what, you know, this is where I think everyone gets to that crux of like, okay, now I know what I want to do. I know my passion and then what does it look how like? am I actually going to do it? Like, how do I make the leap? And so we actually decided, you know what? Well, we don't really know how we're going to do that just yet. We both had paychecks that we were relying on. We had right. two very small kids at the time. So we decided, you know what? Let's just like advertise a meetup. And it, this is back when meetups were like a big right. thing. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, just invite total strangers to our house and let's just see if they want to come and be coached. And sure enough, the first one we did, there was like two people that showed up. And then Love the it. next one, there was like four people that showed up. And then yeah. the next one, you know, it was so scary because, you know, neither Rudy or I had ever really just coached, especially right. not in a group setting. Right. And it was really challenging, not only our own confidence and our ability to, to create a transformation for people, but um, just being courageous enough to show up. And we wound up doing 56 of those meetups over oh, of three years. We so never charged cool. a dime. 
Not mm-hmm. once did we charge and not because we didn't feel like we were worthy. I mean, in the beginning, right. definitely we did not feel worthy to charge, yeah, but we need to figure it out a little bit. <laughs> we, oh yeah. Yeah. We needed to figure it out. Yeah. But eventually, you know, we had a nice big crowd that was that we had about 150 people that were part of our meetup and they would, sometimes we'd have a lot, sometimes we have a little bit, but what we gained from that time was, was worth way more than we could have ever charged for that. And right. just knowing that, okay, this is what we're meant to do. And yet we still, every time we would try to get out of corporate America, we would both get sucked back in. Like another job opportunity would come. And, and at that point we had always had kept things very separate, especially me. I did not feel, feel comfortable in my, I was at a high level position right. at the time. And I thought I was pretty sure that I would be fired if people knew what I was doing. Yeah, like outside yeah. Oh my God. I remember that feeling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I was like, you know, church and state. It was like, what happens after work at home? You know, when I'm meditating yeah. and I'm writing and I'm, you know, transforming people's lives. Like they had no idea of that side of me. And then I would come into work and be very professional and buttoned up and, you know, really didn't speak about those things that really made me, me and made me really passionate. And because of that, I think I had a hard time connecting. And while I was really good at my job at no point, in my opinion, was I shining, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't just like on fire and people were, you know, because there was always, I had one foot, one out, like one foot in one foot out. And it's impossible to fully show up when you're that way. Right. percent. It's like writing. So I couldn't fully show time. up in my spiritual mission. Right. Because one foot, one, one foot there. And then I couldn't fully show up at work. And I was just, it, eventually it started to cause a lot of stress and anxiety. And I was so unhappy yeah. and I was like, Oh, I just got to get out of here. When I leave this job, I'm going to start doing this. When I leave this job, you know, I will, I'll be happy. And And then, you know what, one day I, well, actually as fate would have it, they brought Rudy in to the company I was working in and he was, they were bringing him in, in a full-time position. He didn't want to take it, but it kept coming to him and kept coming to him. And so he said, I think I'm supposed to do this. And it wasn't going to be for very long, but when he came into the company, I warned him, I was like, Rudy, you're going to need to filter some of what, who you are, because (laughs) they're just not prepared. I mean, this is very corporate. And he was like, I'm not filtering anything. He's like, if if they don't like me, me, like, forget about it. Yeah. If they don't like me, then, then, then I'll move on and and go do something else. And I'm like, oh, geez, this could be, this could be bad. But what I, what I got to witness was him come in, show up authentically as who he was as a coach, right? right? Because that's who he is. He is a transformational coach, whether he's in the grocery store, whether he's in, you know, the the boardroom, whether he's at home with his kids. And that's the way he showed up. And, and it created just the most amazing miracles within the business. And I got to see people like respond in new ways. And, and that was such a moment for me because it, you know, I never expected it would happen from witnessing my husband, right. Come in and do something that I just had not had the courage to do myself. So in that moment, he was really one of my greatest teachers. And from then on out, I decided I was like, I will never, ever, ever again, not be who I am. And in regardless of what this looks like and what my life purpose looks like and my path looks like, and wherever I go there, I will be right. And if it, if that's not okay for those people around me, then that's not, that's the, place not the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And so I took that forward and have been working, um, with a billion dollar organization for the last three, three years 
I'm a vice president for this organization. I'm also a coach and I, I teach and I train outside of the organization. But when I, when I showed up to this organization and I met with the president and was interviewing, he, he, he recruited me. And I said, listen, this is who I am. This is my passion. I know this, this is not the job you're bringing me in for, but you need to know that, that this is what lights me up. Right. And he was like, I want all of that. I want you to bring that. And I want to bring that into our organization. And and I have, and it's been the most fulfilling, most amazing experience of my life. And it also has taught me that I think there's so many people that are suffering in silence yeah. inside of their jobs, which is really sad because you spend most of your life. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably now it feels like. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I felt like I had gotten it wrong for so long that now my passion is to teach people what I learned, right? And to teach them that they're that it can get really, really good when you find the meaning and where you are and what you're doing. But not only that, that you share your gifts with people, you, you, you share what your gifts are and, and then actually share your gifts and bring it into your work. Even if it has nothing to do with your job title or your job function, you will be so much happier and so much more successful. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. There's, there's so much there that, um, I both resonate with and, and can relate to. I, came from corporate, uh, you and I were talking about this a little bit before, but my background, I spent 10, 12 years in corporate sales and high tech, definitely no passion there for me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for probably five or six years leading up to that, I was doing the double hustle, just exactly like you were talking about. And in those five or six years, I probably had three different jobs in three different positions. And everyone, I was like, oh, terrified. Are they going to Google me? Because if they Google me, they're going to find the blog. And then they're going to find that I'm doing all this stuff when I, in my off time. And how are they going to feel about that? And it was terrifying. And finally, when I made the decision to leave corporate, I was like, okay, it's time. I'm, you know, I built this stuff. It can support me. I'm going to figure it out. I'd never had a paid cl client up to that point, but I'm like, eh, I'll just flip an on switch and yeah. go. And uh, I lasted about two and a half months. I was like, oh, that's a lot harder than I thought it was. Okay. I missed that paycheck. And same thing. I was recruited by someone and they, and I, that was a first time where I was like, listen, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. This is what my goals are. I am okay to come in, but it's probably going to be for about 18 months and I will come in. I'll crush what I need to crush, but this is where I am long-term. And that CEO was the same. He was like, great. If I can get you for 18 months and you come in and crush, perfect. I'll take it. Um, and then that just lit a fire under me to build the business so that it could support me after that. And I think like telling that story is so important because every single day I am talking to women who are in men, but you know, a lot of women who are like, man, I don't love this career that I'm in. I don't yeah. love this job or it's so stressful and I feel so trapped. I feel like there's nothing else I can do. And, and also feel like I'm not showing up as myself and I can't show up as myself and all of those things. And, and the other piece I thought that was really interesting of what you said is that you were willing to literally learn how to coach. Right. And you did that through yeah. giving and you weren't like immediately, I need to hang a sign on and charge or else I'm not a coach Yes, You're out there for three years, learning kind of what your methods are, what you're coaching, seeing if it's working Yep. And all of those things. Like, had you not done that, 
do you think you'd be able to be in the position that you're in right now and feel as confident as you are right now? No, I really don't. I, I think our I think our curriculum comes to us in really interesting ways. And sometimes it comes disguised as a job. Sometimes it comes disguised as just a random fluke opportunity for someone asking for something from you. Like they need your help or, you know, and you have to be willing, in my opinion, to cut your teeth. Like, you know, we're constantly being qualified and we have to be open to that. And I think this insistence of like, well, no, because I have to stand in my, you know, Allison, I'm all about self-worth. I'm all about knowing your worth and, and very quickly learning how to charge because that's an energetic exchange. For sure. But, yeah. but I believe there's also other ways to get that energetic exchange. Like I said before, for us, we, we knew going in that we wanted to feel confident as coaches. And the only way to feel confident as coaches is to coach. Exactly. And get we didn't have any clients. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You know? And, and that was, in my opinion, one of the greatest gifts and one of the, the greatest things that we did, because I feel like it really helped to move us forward so that when the, the clients were, our students were ready, if you will, yeah. we were ready, we were ready for them. A hundred percent. I, honestly did the same thing too. Like while I was still working and I always tell anyone who wants to turn their passion into their business, but still has a full-time job, be grateful every single day. You have the full-time job. hundred <laughs> percent. Like think of it as funding your business and do your full-time job. Be grateful for it every day, show up every day. And yeah. then if you really want your side hustle, you're going to figure out the time and you're going to put it in and you're going to do that while you have that paycheck. And, um, I did about a year's worth of coaching with about 150 students for free, testing out my methods for my first book, hustle, believe, receive. And I just, I did cohort after cohort, literally for free. We met, you know, every single week. Um, but that's where I gained the confidence. Exactly. Like you said, like I wanted to make sure what I was teaching was going to work for anybody yeah. so I had to pull a group of anybody together, you know, and I had to see, okay, this works, this works in all these different scenarios with all these people from different backgrounds. Um, I couldn't just come out and be like, Hey, I'm a guru. Do what I do. Like I needed right. those stories. I needed those wins. I love that you called out the, the, you know, you're being funded. Like, I like to say that at any given point, you're going to have one or more investors in your, in your purpose. Right. And those investors can look like, it can look like a company. It can be a client. It can be, you know, you, your coaching clients are investors in you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They're investors in your purpose. So your yep. investors are going to, are going to continue to change. And sometimes it'll be a really good partnership. And then sometimes that partnership will have served its purpose and it's time to move on. But I think looking at it that way, it changes that feeling of, I'm trapped, like the golden handcuffs. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I can't leave this because they're my sole source of money. Right. And that's so limiting. Absolutely. Because I believe money comes to us in so many ways, right? And yeah. we're we're paid in so many ways. And sometimes it's not through money, but it's through someone being willing to, to do something for you or give you a gift or, I mean, yeah. Or the it's connection just a different or the introduction or, yeah, or Absolutely. I love that. So one of the things that you coach on um, and teach leaders on is some spiritual practices. And I was really interested 
in this because I consider myself a spiritual person. I'm definitely not religious in any way, shape or form. I think my audience already knows that. Um, but I am spiritual and I absolutely believe, um, in powers much bigger than me. Thank God (laughs) that they exist. Um, and I believe in energy and clearly believe in manifesting and things like that. So what are some of the spiritual practices that you teach people to, find their purpose or to embrace their purpose. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'm very spiritual too. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't identify as being religious, but because of that, actually it's made it a lot easier for me to do what I do within, within corporate America. And what I've found is like in the organization, for instance, that I work in right now, there's over 3000 employees. And I would, I think every single religion is represented there. We have mostly international employees from all over the world. And yet when you can, you can instead focus on the things that we all have in common versus the things that we don't, you find that we actually have most, we have more things in common than we do. Right. Most of our core beliefs are probably in common. Most of our core beliefs. And as human beings, you know, we all have a heart, we have desires, we have dreams. We all want to feel fulfilled. You know, we all want to feel happy and meet like, like what we're doing means something and we yeah. want to feel successful and we want to feel like we're making progress in our life. Like all of those things, if like when you tear away all the other, like it's so much easier than to say, okay, now I, let me, let me give you some tools to help you do those things. Right. Yes. And, um, so we start with meditation is always a big one. Um, some people prefer just to call it mental rehearsal, but it's meditation. Call it what you want. Uh, yeah, meditation has changed my life. No I mean, lie. you know, I'll call it whatever, whatever I need to based on what room I'm in. But, you know, and really just allowing people, I think, teaching people the importance of before you walk into your, your place of work or you start your work, if you're working remotely, you know, everyone's situation is different these days, but that it's really just having a little bit of time for yourself. It's kind of having your, your morning meeting, like the most important meeting before you have the first morning meeting, which is with yourself and really just deciding, you know, what do I want this day to be? So I teach a lot about meditation, a lot about intention Mm-hmm. And being really intentional about, you know, what, what you want your day to be. And I teach a lot of neuroscience behind intention, because I think when people understand, you know, the why behind something and they understand, you know, not only just from a conceptual, but also from a scientific perspective, then they're much more likely to actually do it. And, and just those, those couple of practices alone in the morning, you know, for them has, is, is life-changing. I do some, a lot of manifestation. Yeah. And then, um, one of my absolute favorite trainings is a, um, is really about really discovering and embodying like purpose embodiment and what that looks like. Cause I think we talk a lot about, I want to find my purpose. And, and then when I find my purpose, okay, then, then now what? Like now it's going to be perfect, right? Now, now life gonna, is just going to, cause I know what I'm here for, I'm right? Gonna be famous, I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to impact the world on a global scale. It's like, yeah. okay. well, what does that look like on a what Monday? Does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean? <laughs> exactly. You know, and I think that, um, there's this idea that things have to look just right and everything has to be just right for you to, to start right like yeah. down that Especially road. Especially if you're in corporate, like everyone's waiting oh, yeah. for all the stores to align for the paycheck to supplement itself. First of all, I don't know a single person who left corporate and started any business where the paycheck supplemented itself probably in the first three years. So no. if you're waiting for that, good luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, 
It's so That's true. Not how it works. <laughs> it's not how it works. And you know, sometimes I do think like, listen, I, I definitely believe that that sometimes we outstay our welcome in certain places, yeah. right? I think that, you know, you wouldn't have for and just as an analogy, like you wouldn't stay in first grade with the same teacher your entire life, right? No, of course not, because you would you eventually you would learn everything there is to learn from this person and then it would be time to move forward. Well, the same thing with our life and with our career and our jobs and our job trajectory. I think sometimes we're guided to certain situations to maybe yes, learn a skill that maybe you don't understand why you need to know that skill, but you will later, yeah. right? Or yeah. Uh, to meet certain people who are are going to be a, a significant person in your life or going to move you forward or you them. And there's just so many different things we don't understand because we're so damn zoomed into the picture. But if we could just zoom out for a minute, we yeah. would see, oh my gosh, like all along, there's been this really beautiful, there's a plan. beautifully yeah, tracked course. But I spent so much time so zoomed in that I allowed myself to forget, right? That there was a plan. And then I allowed myself to get unhappy and resentful and bitter, thinking that if I hate my situation enough, I'll be released from it, right? right. Like something magical will come along that will get me I out. I gotta hate it. Yep, yeah. Can't be grateful for it because if I'm grateful for it, then I gotta keep it, right? Right. To, and I don't yeah. know about your experience and my experience when I've been super grateful and so happy and satisfied with where I am, that's typically when that's a, the new that's opportunity comes. Happen. Yep. Yeah. So I always tell people, especially who are in that situation um, and they're like, I know where I am right now. This job, this career is not what I'm supposed to do. It's so sucking. It's this, that, and the other thing. I will literally have them pull out a piece of paper and say, what are the things that I have the potential to learn in either in this company by being in a division, by being in my role that could help me later down the road when it's my opportunity to do the thing I want to do. And most people never look at it that way. They just see, like you said, eyes down looking at what their exact role is. And I said, no, take a moment and say, what's in it for me? How can I glean maximum everything, whether it's maximum exposure, maximum connections, maximum involvement in things that are outside my role. Like how can I milk this for all it's worth for lack of better, you know, technology to say, I want to get everything I can from this because I know all those various things are somehow, some way going to catapult me when my opportunity comes. And just by doing that, just by looking at it from a different angle, you can completely be happy in your job. And just because you're happy in your job, like you said, does not mean I have conceded and said, I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life. It doesn't. It means that I am doing the most with what I'm given, which I think is truly a core of a manifesting principle, at least for me, where it's like, when I know that I am maximizing what I have been given and I'm grateful for that, that is what is bringing more and more and more into my life. So there's this woman that I coached and she came to me and was in that place. She was actually 60 years old. She had had an incredibly successful career in sales and um, I mean, was making millions a year, right? But she was at that point where she was like, it's not enough. I want more. I feel like I feel like I can do more. I want to help people. I want to feel meaning. It's like, right now it's just dollars in my bank account. And that is, that's not filling my cup and right. Which is it's very normal. And so I was yeah. like, okay, great. And she's like, I was like, what do you want to do? She's like, well, I'm a single mother. 
And I want to empower women on how they can, they can up-level their finances. And I want to specifically single mothers so they can, they can support themselves and their children. I was like, that's a beautiful goal. I was like, so she's like, I want to be a speaker and I want to write. I was like, great. How how are you doing those things right now? And she was like, well, I'm not. I'm waiting until I don't have a job to do that. Right. Right. I was like, are you, are you, are you making time to write? And she was like, well, no. And so we talked through that and I was like, well, how about speaking? And she said, well, no, because you know, I, I need to get a stage. I need to meet an agent or something and get me on a stage. Maybe when I write a book, then I'll get on a stage. And I was like, or you could just start now. Absolutely. I think if, what if I was like, what would it look like for you to start showing up at work and to start talking to your colleagues about some of these things? I was like, because I would imagine that there within your organization, there are some people, some women who could use what you have, who could learn from you. I was like, but they'll never know and never have the opportunity if you don't show them who you are. So I challenged her and she she um set up a happy hour with all oh, of these I women. Love that. So she 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 scheduled a happy hour. She was completely terrified, but she scheduled a happy hour. And at that happy hour, she got up and shared part of her story. And it was through that conversation that multiple women came to her and said, Oh my gosh, me too. Wow. Oh my gosh, yeah. me too. So then they decided to keep meeting. So then at one point, uh, an executive from their HR department actually came and joined one of these like sessions. And afterwards she came up to her and said, Hey, so so we have this um, company event happening in like a couple of weeks. And would you be willing to stand on stage and share your story? I love that. And so her, her first speaking yeah. opportunity came not from writing a book and finding an agent. It came from her being brave enough to write where she was, right? Yeah. To stop waiting, start being and start doing and and because of that now, then she had the confidence, right? And it just started to like, yep. she got momentum. And that's, I think the key is, is you've got to, you have to start now so you can start building momentum and then opportunities and doorways are going to open up for you. They will. Absolutely. And, and I always think like, why wouldn't you want to start when there's less pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to start where it doesn't have to support your life and your livelihood that that's a whole yes. different situation, right? So if you can start now, you're starting from a place of pure, just ease in a way, no matter if you're terrified, no matter if you've never done it. I mean, that's going to exist regardless, but the pressure isn't going to be on it. Right. And you can learn in these little environments and continue to get better and continue to grow and also get feedback and change and get better and all of those things. And if you're waiting until, Oh, I'm going to turn a light on, you know, like I did, like, okay, I'm going to be a coach now. Like it just is not going to work that way and you're not going to be successful. So I think starting in the place where you're at right now is so key. I always say, get ready to be ready. Whatever your goals are, you should be getting ready for that today. And there's ways that you can get better at every single thing you want to do. Even if you don't have that audience or you don't have the outlet yet, there's a million ways you can be doing the thing yeah. And better at the thing and, you know, sharing your gifts with the world right now. And I know you wrote a book, um, on that or part of that a little bit. Can you talk about, um, kind of some of your, your practices or tips on how we do that, how we step into that purpose sure. right where we're at right now? Sure. 
So I think this is really that purpose embodiment piece, right? And it's, I think sometimes we we forget to really, to lean on and learn from others on how to do that, because I feel like I had to fumble my way a little bit through. And, and that's, so this is why this is something I'm really passionate about. So in terms of, of once you know your purpose and you're like, all right, I'm ready to start living this purpose, start showing up in this way, start sharing my gifts, which in my opinion, I think when you start to share your passions, get, that's your purpose, right? That's, that's what you're meant to do. And, um, and how you do it and what it looks like will, will change as you move forward, right? The vehicle with which you express your purpose will, is going to morph and change. Your purpose is this ever evolving target. It is not a job title. I'll repeat Thank you that. It is not a job title. <laughs> <laughs> because it people is, get so locked into their first idea and yes. can completely miss out on all of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, and then what happens if you decide you want to leave that job, what your purpose less? No, of course your purpose is within you. So you're going to be guided. And the key is that you have to start learning to trust and to follow the feeling, right. To start to follow your heart over your head all the time. And your heart is actually, I don't know if you, most people don't know this, but your heart actually has a little brain. Your heart has an intelligent, it has its own autonomic nervous system. This is where like we receive like the perp, like your purpose is governed by the heart mm-hmm. and your mind is obviously an, an incredible tool that needs to be used. The problem is if you're only relying on your mind to guide you forward, you're not going anywhere because your right. mind is not there to always tell you the truth. It's not there to serve your purpose. It's there to keep you safe, right? It's there to block you a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Keep you in your little comfort zone. And that's, what's going to stop you every time. And so you have to start really checking in with like, how do I feel? How does this feel to me? So every morning, that's part of my priming process is I, you know, I do a lot of work with my heart and I, I journal and I ask it questions. And I just, you know, I, I think that when we start to trust our own guidance and know that, that, our own guidance, whether, whatever you believe that to be, what, you know, what other higher power you believe in, or whether you just believe in following your own higher self, that it's, it knows the best path forward and that you will be inspired to take an action. And if you, as long as you're courageous enough to take that action, you will Amen. move forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The idea it's is so come. simple, yeah. but it's, it's scary at first. <laughs> Yeah. And I think I I love the idea of journaling regularly and asking yourself, not just like, what do I want? Cause a lot of times your head will override that Yes, and your head will try to keep you in the framework of what it knows you're able to accomplish. Right. Yeah. Asking your heart, like, what is my heart's desire in relation to X, Y, and Z in relation to all these different areas of my life? What is that telling me? And I think you know, they are, like you said, very, very different. And it's hard for a lot of people to tune into that and to hear it. And again, like you said, the action part is really tough because so many times people are waiting for an outside sign or someone to come to them with a blatant opportunity and then they're going to know. But in my experience, I've found that actually manifesting almost always happens in the form of an idea. It's Mm -hmm. that moment when you're sitting there quiet with yourself and you're asking yourself those questions and you're journaling and you're contemplating. And then maybe later you're on a run or whatever. And you're like, boom, there's the idea. That was the thing I've been circling, but just couldn't put my finger on it. But you give it space, I think, to reveal itself to you. 
you have to create the space because if you are expecting that in between the busyness of the day and what, like for me, once the day begins, you know, I, I do have, I do set aside, I know, I know you do as well from reading your book, but like yeah. moments, you know, and reminders throughout the day to just to relax, because what happens is obviously when we get super stressed out, then it actually causes a lot of incoherence between our heart and our head. So you're not going to get clear intuition. You're not going to get those clear insights as you, the same as you would sitting in stillness or just in quiet or going on a walk and and not like having to have something going in your ears at all times. So you have to create where your, your, your breathing is regular, where you are just taking a moment. That is when you can get a really clear read. And then the the other thing though, is you've got to be willing to act and act quickly. I, I think these inspirations, they come I don't know if you've ever surfed before, but if you've ever surfed before and you're sitting on a surfboard, you know, you can see you can, the wave is kind of coming and then you've got to start paddling and you've got to ride that wave yeah. in. But one, if you wait too late, you, you're going to miss, you're yeah. <laughs> you yeah. miss that, that momentum that will carry you forward, that excitement. And then you're going to, you're going to second guess yourself. You're going to talk yourself out of it because your mind's going to get involved. Yeah. And, um, and that's the key. There's something really, two things really important that you just said right there that I'm a huge believer in. We are so inundated with noise in our daily life. It is 24 sevens from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, whether that's scrolling on your phone or even listening to podcasts, whatever it is, it's just noise. And so when I'm working with a client, I really encourage them to, whether it's a walk or a workout, I believe mind and body go together. So we you know, I always make all of my clients get on some sort of routine there. Um, but I want them to not do it with headphones in like, yes, you're going on your walk. You're leaving that at home and you are being present. You're listening to the yeah. birds. You're noticing the the tree just bloomed down the street, whatever. I don't care. But that is 100% of the time, always where I've gotten my best ideas. Yeah. When I was quiet and usually moving my body, <laughs> whether it was on a treadmill or this, that, or the other, I think just giving ourselves that downtime to process. What am I actually thinking? Not what someone's yeah. telling me 24 seven, or I'm trying to pay attention and I'm an audible lover. So, you know, I'm like everybody else. I like to listen to those things, but I've kind of timed it to where my workout is sacred and my yeah. workout is always, I don't have anything else going on. That is my yeah. time. Um, and then meditation is my other like clearing time. So throughout the day, I have at least two times a day where there's no noise and no joke. I was in the, uh, at the gym the other day in the ice bath and then in the hot tub and all the women in there were on their phones in the hot tub on their phones. And I was just like, man, you can't take five minutes for yourself to just close your eyes. Yes. Be in the hot tub let your brain come down. Like wh- what are you scrolling? That's so important. That needs you in the freaking hot tub. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I can't, uh, I know. but no, I, I love that. And then the other thing you said was take action on the idea. I am anyone who knows me well knows that this is probably, I don't know, my borderline on a fault of mine. I don't know if it's genius <laughs> or a fault. I've not decided and it's been my whole life. So that tells you a lot right there. But the second I get an idea, if I'm at the gym or I'm on a walk and that idea comes through and I immediately know now, cause I'm listening to them. Right. So I'll know immediately, Oh, that's the idea I was waiting for. 
Yeah. I will come and roll it out in five minutes. <laughs> I'll just be like, here it is. Um, I will take execution on it because if I don't, then I'm like a lot of people, I'll talk myself out of it or I'll overthink yeah. it. Uh, my first book, Hustle, Believe, Receive, the idea came on the treadmill. I ran back home and wrote that on note cards and began executing it that day. Same, my uh, uh, book do it. that I've just written now, same. I, in a med- I usually get mine in a meditation and I'll get in like full download style. So I have to have like a notebook or something really close. Like mm-hmm. afterwards I can just write it all out. Yep. And then I just had, you know, you have to take, it doesn't mean you have to like finish it or bring it to completion, but you've got to anchor it, right? You've right. got to do some, take some action to anchor it. Um, and then one of the other things um, that I would say is really important for embodiment and something that you obviously teach and you you do so well. And that is, I think, getting really, really clear and comfortable and confident in your ability to manifest. Because when you know that you can, right? When you read, not just like you think you can and you know other people can, but you have this belief, right? That you right. have this ability to call in and to create, then it takes those fears those same fears that would keep you, you know, staying in a situation too long or keep you playing small. Like it, it takes those out of the equation so that your life, it just opens up. Like yeah. it really does. And it allows you to relax where you are because you know that you have the ability to create something different. You're not yep. stuck. You never yeah. were, you're not a victim, you know? And so, um, I have to say, I, so I ordered your book. I'm just, she didn't tell me to do this, but <laughs> no, I, 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 I love it. I've been reading it every morning. Oh, and so you have? I, I love um, it. <laughs> but I, this is in, I, I haven't gotten too far into it. I'm an avid reader. I read yeah. like probably a book a week. Um, one day I will have, one day I'll have a book club and this will be one there of the books. Go. Because oh, I love it. What I love, Sarah, is that I feel like you're sitting on the couch next to me and we're having a conversation. That's what it feels like when I'm reading your words. That's what everyone says. They were like, oh, I always want to know what it would be like to like hang out with you now. I know, especially that book, um, All the Things I Wish I Knew. It's It's really vulnerable. Like even if you have like, like five minutes in the car, just to like read something, it'll, you, you're going to get inspired. You're going to get like a, a nugget of wisdom. But anyways, I just oh, you. love your writing. I love the energy of your book is very, it's the same energy that you are now on this podcast. And anyways, I just think, um, I think what you're teaching people is so, so important. And I think sometimes because manifestation, that word has been thrown around so much and you know what I mean? that we forget just how sacred it is. It's a sacred gift that we all have. Mm-hmm. And, and that gift requires honing. It requires practice. It requires like, just like any other superpower, I think that we have our natural gift that you, just because you, you know, you know a little, like the more you know about it, the more comfortable you're going to be with it. And then you'll start to stack evidence and you'll know that as you get these ideas that seem a little crazy because they will be, it's going to, they're yeah, going to yeah, I have a tool. I have a tool. I know I'm able to create, I can create this. I just have to be willing to take action. And so Uh, I love it so much. And I cannot wait for your book to come out. And there's still so much, I think we could, uh, you know, dive into first and foremost. I love that you're taking these ideas, these concepts, this coaching and mixing it in the corporate world. And that there are companies out there who are embracing that, who are loving that, who are giving tools like this to their employees. I just think it is the absolute next generation of where corporate is going. And I, I love it. Um, 
So keep, keep empowering, keep teaching us all of this uh, amazing stuff and everybody go out there and follow and where's the best place for them to connect with you and, and learn more about everything that you do. Sure. Um, I'm Instagram at Aniston Blair Ricksteins or uh, Rudy and I have our podcast, the empowered life podcast, I N P O W E R D. Um, empowered life podcast is a great place to just, you know, get to get to know us a little bit better. And, um, yeah, but thank you so much, Sarah. This has been amazing. Uh, I've loved every minute of it. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom today and everybody let us know, go comment on, um, the post and share it. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback and until next time, get out there and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on the Sarah Centrella Show.